I think you should just convert your Instagram account to the Bonk Bros Instagram account. Uh, no. <laughs> well, actually, the first question is about Instagram. He sent like 10 questions in, so also only like two people ask questions. Got to start somewhere. Yeah, he's got 10 for us. What's up, my party friends? Welcome back to the Bonk Bros Podcast. This week on the show, we kick things off with a bit of an emotional topic in the tragic murder case of rising gravel and mountain bike star, Mo Wilson. Authorities announced this week that the alleged suspect was detained in Costa Rica and brought back to the U.S. where she remains in custody until trials begin. After that, we get into a bit of the latest gear and technology that has been released at this year's Tour de France. Stay tuned to hear all about it and more as we get this Bonk Bros party started. What's up, dudes? Happy July 5th. Yeah, <laughs> it is July 5th. I'm going to be honest, I didn't do anything for July 4th. Probably the first time in a long time. I just went to bed at 9 o'clock. Yeah, that's what I did too. <laughs> there was fireworks going on, but I had my earplugs in. So Yeah, we we drove all day, so we, we went to bed pretty early yeah. too. I mean, I... I to be honest, we thought about we thought about going and seeing some fireworks, but uh, we were so wiped out from a long day of travel. I'm traveling out to Utah right now for Crusher and the Tusher, so we were driving all day, and we were just like, "Nah, I'd rather sleep." Also, watching fireworks like isn't fun. <laughs> Setting them off. And- <laughs> Where are you guys at? Uh, I'm in. We're in Denver right now. Okay, so. Got in a good, nice, good ride at elevation. Pretty much doing uh, the worst possible elevation protocol. Getting to elevation on like four days before the race, but you know, literally the worst. My uh, having COVID a week ago was also not perfect preparation either. So take what I can get. You should have just drove while you had COVID because you can't do anything else. Where where'd you ride today? Uh Green Mountain, I think. It was it was it looked like it was gonna torrentially downpour on us like the entire ride. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I live literally across the street from there. You live there? Yeah. Well not now. I used to. Yeah, like Green Mountain was our backyard. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um very windy. I don't know if it's usually windy, but it was I think yeah, I think it was just because the storm was about to roll in that we were, felt like we were about to get blown off the mountain. Yeah, I feel like this year is just windy in general. It's like every, everyone I talk to talks about how windy it is everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't live in Colorado, so I don't I don't know what typical Climate weather change, is like there, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Something like that. Um Anyway, we got a lot to talk about this week, so should we jump into it? Um, so yeah, we do have a lot to talk about. So where do we want to start today? I mean, I think we got to start with the biggest news, at least for cyclists in the U.S. right now, um, which is the whole Mo Wilson, Caitlin Armstrong, Colin Strickland situation. So uh, I guess I'll get people up to speed if they don't know about this already, which I would be surprised, um, especially if you're a U.S. cyclist. But, you know, not everyone follows cycling news and 
not everyone follows U.S. cycling news. So basically, um, Mo Wilson, for those who don't know, was like, pro- she was she was probably the fastest, one of the fastest gravel racers in the country right now. And she was on the cusp of like her career just blowing up. Right. Um, I'm just kind of trying to set the stage here. Um, and she was, she was in town, uh, in Austin, Texas for a local, like Texas gravel race. It's not really local. There were people from all over the place. There were people from Europe, but, um, she was in Texas and, um, and I was, I was actually at that same race. And I remember at the morning of the race, the race promoter is giving a speech about how Mo Wilson was murdered literally two days before. And obviously it's incredibly tragic when anyone gets murdered. Um, but the fact that like, she's, you know, 25 years old on the cusp of having, you know, such an amazing career. Like she, she won, she her the last race that she did before she was murdered was the BWR California race. And she won that race by 25 minutes. Um, I mean, she's, she was in the lifetime grand prix series, but honestly, I think that she was probably, on her way to like the world tour or something anyway, super tragic, but no one knows any details at this point. And we're like, and I remember thinking, and everybody else was thinking, you know, is this some, some freak accident where somebody, you know, some dude was coming in to, to rob the place. And then he ran into her and, you know, just, just some freak coincidence like that. The story gets way, way wilder. Um, so then, I don't know. The next week it comes out that the murderer was Colin Strickland, who is also in the lifetime grand prix series. One of the biggest gravel names in the country has won unbound. It was Colin Strickland's girlfriend who was, was basically jealous of Colin and Mo hanging out together. Apparently they might've had some history with each other and, um, and when Mo was coming to visit Austin, that's where Colin and his girlfriend, Caitlin live and Colin and Mo saw each other and Caitlin was obviously not happy about it. And, uh, and of course, I guess innocent until proven guilty, but the facts are overwhelming at this point. So the reason why this, this all happened, I don't know, over a month ago at this point, maybe two months ago, but the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because Caitlin was on the run. Like they hadn't caught her, but now they've caught her and they caught her in Costa Rica and they just now, uh, brought her back to Texas. And, um, and she got like, she got plastic surgery. Like she got a nose job. Apparently she dyed her hair. She obviously escaped to Costa Rica. Like she was all in on getting away. And, um, I don't know. She didn't make it that far. Obviously she only, she only made it like two months, but, um, or not even, um, but honestly, such, such a wild story, like the kind of story that you would make a movie out of. And it's happening in us gravel racing. 
like with with people in the lifetime grand prix series um i don't know what were your guys' reactions when you first heard about this i mean i think everyone was yeah so so i remember so um good i think i'm lagging a little bit scott all right yeah so um so I, I was like watching a, a film or something with my wife and I got a text from a buddy of mine who, who just shared like the Velo news article that mm-hmm. first came out that announced like, you know, Mo Wilson shot and killed in Austin, Texas. And I like literally was like immediately just like heartbroken. I like, couldn't believe it. I like double checked the source. I was like, this can't be real. Um, yeah. cause yeah, like Dylan, you were talking about, I mean, she was on this like meteoric rise, this like just you know, figure that was like a, you know, just a crowd favorite. She was always like super happy and optimistic and obviously super talent on the bike. Um, just like literally couldn't believe it. And this, the strangest part was she, she was shot and killed on like Wednesday, but the news didn't break till like Friday. And that was kind of like the weirdest part to me. Right. There was like, I was like, there's gotta be something more to this story. Like, why would it, why would it take so long for the news to get released and then they have no details to share. Um, and it was like, it was so weird for like a week. Like you were talking about where like every day I was checking, mm-hmm. like, okay, are there updates? Like what's, what's the latest, like got to find out something here. Um, and then, yeah. And then it came out and it was just like, it was literally like you're saying, like it was unbelievable. Like it was as if it was out of a movie, like the way that it was scripted. Um, and then yeah. for Kaylin Armstrong to, you know, get released or whatever. And then she went on the loose and no one knew where she was. And then this whole crazy thing about, yeah, like her getting apprehended in Costa Rica, but with she, like the picture didn't look like her at all. Like if you look at that picture compared to the picture that was released when, uh, she was first, um, like a, a suspect, like she looks completely different. So I don't know. I, I didn't get, I didn't see too many details about how they caught her. Um, but the fact that they did is crazy. Um, and I don't know, I'm sure there's gonna be a ton more coming out in the next month or, you know, coming months about, uh, you know, what exactly happened. And once the trial gets underway and everything, but it is just crazy. I mean, to think about like two of the biggest stars in gravel racing are now and, you know, involved in this, um, obviously Mo Wilson has passed, but, you know, Colin Strickland is still very much in the center of, of all the, you know, everything that's going on. Yeah. I'm dude. Um, like the race promoter of gravel locos, he gave a speech before the race. And then the first eight miles to the first water crossing was neutral. Um, yeah, I mean, people were in shock. And for a lot of people, I, I had a, a friend had texted me that this had happened the night before. And I would, I, you know, he said, it, he said Mariah was killed. And I was like, I was like, I, I knew, I knew that, Mo's name is Mariah, but I'm like, Mariah who? Like, and he's like, you know, Mariah Wilson. And I was like, are you serious? It's just, yeah, unreal and so tragic. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I don't think every, everybody at, at Gravel Locos, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Colin Strickland, I forget if Colin Strickland was supposed to attend that race or not, but he wasn't there. And I don't think anyone at gravel locos was necessarily thinking he was involved, but I actually, I, I, I was riding with a friend who lives in Texas and is very, 
um, you know, he's, he's really into the, in, in the, the Texas cycling scene. And he, he said that as soon as he heard about Mo Wilson's death, he went to check Caitlin Armstrong's Instagram and saw that Caitlin had, had deleted her Instagram and he knew right away what had happened. And apparently there were a lot of people in Texas that actually knew that this had happened before the news broke. Um, just because they, you know, they went to her Instagram, they saw it was deleted. Uh, you know, uh, Colin was, was not saying anything. Of course, um, it doesn't seem like Colin had any part in this other than the fact that, you know, he had this relationship with Mo, but I think one of the things that I find honestly super disgusting is how people are on the internet are framing as if Colin had some sort of part in the murder. Um, it just like really pisses me off to be honest with you. Like he is going through so much right now. And in fact, I sent him a message on Instagram when all of this was happening and I was just basically like, you know, keep your head up, man. And he, he didn't respond to me for over a month and he finally got back to me and he's like, he, he was like, yeah, man, I am, I'm, I'm bugging out. Like I'm a ghost of my former self. This is, this is so stressful right now. So, you know, he's got so much going on in your life. I don't know why. I don't understand why these people feel the need to add negativity to that. Um, like he, he's got a lot of demons to face and you adding to the stress of his life. It like, what are you doing? At least that's, that's kind of like my, I don't know, my feeling about Colin in this. Like, obviously he's not like he was, he was doing shady things. He was, you know, potentially cheating on his girlfriend. Not good, but he, like people are acting as if he assisted Caitlin with the murder and he didn't. Scott, you got anything else to add? I don't have much to add other than, yeah, I mean, it was pretty unbelievable. Just the whole situation. Like you don't really expect like it was on like inside edition and like mainstream news. Yeah. Man. You don't really expect like stuff, you know, with gravel racing community to yeah, make it onto that mainstream of news. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I know. Like, you know, so Scott, so cyclists, so with you coming from more of like the roads, Scott, with coming from more like the road side of things, um, did, did a lot of this talk like permeate into the road scene too? You know, obviously like the whole gravel community, uh, you know, this was a big topic, but, um, what, what were like some of the conversations within the road community? I mean, I, I would think it'd be pretty, pretty similar. I, um, everyone who, I mean, a lot, you know, everyone knew who she was cause she was so talented, obviously. And she'd, you know, after, especially after BWR, like when she won by 25 minutes, like that was like, if you don't, if you're not paying attention to that, you know, yeah. you're obviously like pretty disconnected. A lot of roadies do BWR too, but um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like it doesn't matter if you were a gravel cyclist or a road cyclist or a mountain no. biker. I feel like everybody knew, at least in the U.S. I I, I don't know, I don't know whether um, people in other countries were following the story, but um, I don't know. I was like, I was literally staying in Austin, Texas, when all of this happened. Not in Austin, but I was like thirty minutes outside of Austin in Lockhart, Texas, which is ironically where. Colin 
has his uh, his business restoring trailers or something. Um, and I was, <laughs> it was funny when we were driving out there, I was like, I was like, dude, I should hit Colin up. Maybe we can go ride, you know, he can show me the good gravel spots. And then all of this transpired. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not riding with Colin. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll race bikes again. I mean, he's lost all of his sponsors, but, um, you know, um, I don't know if he would be ostracized. It'd be really sad. Um, and it would just kind of add to the tragedy of the whole situation already. But, um, I don't know. I saw, I, I saw so many mean things said about Colin and, you know, I, it's just something about the internet that brings out the worst in people. And I've, I've been at the center of it before. So I know what it's like, obviously not to this extent. And I was just like, what are you people doing? Like, why are you, why are you adding negativity to this situation? Um, like honestly really pisses me off. Um, I know, I know Colin is like, you know, I, like I said, I know Colin, you know, is not completely innocent. Like he did, <laughs> like he, he did some shady things, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get across here is that there were straight up people like insinuating that he, um, he was, they were, they were like, Oh yeah. Like turn in your girlfriend as if he knows where she is. Like clearly like she left the country, you know? I don't know. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm a little, I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to Colin than probably a lot of people out there. And I don't know. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or a popular opinion. Maybe it's just a small minority of people who are very loud and vocal on the internet. Like so many things are, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, like I said, there, the, the trial, I think, is, is supposed to, I think, happen next week. So I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more coming out. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll mm-hmm. provide some updates. But um, yeah, I yeah, it's it, it is a super tragic situation. Yeah the the evidence is the evidence is so overwhelming that it's that it's Caitlin. I mean, it's just like she literally fled the country, dyed her hair, you know, changed her nose. Like I don't. Um, I don't see any other verdict other than a guilty verdict coming out from the, from the trial, but you know, we'll see. Um, cool. Well, I feel like we had to touch on that cause it's just such big news here, but we can, we can, um, move on to lighter things, I guess. <laughs> um, sticking within gravel and, uh, gravel and us gravel, um, Perhaps we should talk about the UCI gravel race that happened in Arkansas. And I'm, I'm just going to say I'm so I'm super, I'm super into the gravel scene here in the U S I'm obviously in the lifetime grand prix series. Uh, like I feel like I know all of the major gravel races are going on. I straight up did not know that there was a UCI gravel race happening in the U S last weekend in Arkansas. I just didn't know about it until the news came out that apparently the attendance was low. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea either. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, always on my I phone. I mean, I'm not so. like, I'm not surprised Scott that you didn't know, but like, <laughs> no, I'm always on social media. 
That's true. That's true. Scott does like like every single exactly. cycling related picture. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. And I didn't see anything about it. Yeah, so I, I knew I knew about it um only because one of my buddies was going down to do the race. Um actually I, I knew two people that were going down there to do it, but mm-hmm. uh at the time of the or the week of the race, I think is when they finally announced that there actually was going to be a gravel world championships or UCI gravel world championship in Italy. Um, so like before that, like no one Mm -hmm. even knew what they were going there to try and qualify for, which is the whole point of these, uh, these like UCI gravel races is to try and qualify for the world championship. So I thought that part was funny and frustrating and just like, yeah, nonsense. Right. They they had hinted that the Gravel World Championships was going to be held in the U.S., um, which clearly it's not, which I think got a lot of, yeah, which early on I think got a lot of maybe piqued some, some interest here in the U.S., but I don't know. I think them dragging their feet on announcing the date for so long, I, so... I don't know what the gravel scene is like necessarily in other countries, but I will say that here in the U S I don't, I think the, (laughs) I think the excitement for UCI gravel racing couldn't be lower. That's just, that's my read on the situation. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know why that is. So, so who won this thing? I don't know. I didn't even, (laughs) I didn't even look at the results to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, I think I think the excitement around UCI racing in general is low. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it might be a little bit higher in other disciplines like mountain biking and road, you know, road cycling, but um yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just uh and apparently the attendance at the Arkansas race was low, so I I think that pro gravel racers in the US are they already have so many gravel races to pick from um and if like if the uci isn't going to announce when this world championship race is going to be until halfway through their season it's like they've already got they've already had a full season for for three months you know what i mean um so you know maybe maybe they were throwing it you know kind of like usa cycling trying to announce uh marathon mountain bike nationals um maybe they'll have everything together next year and you know they'll have have the dates announced well in advance but i don't know i feel like the uci kind of dropped the ball on this one yeah it seemed like they like rushed it you know like they're like all right we've got this like 20 event calendar next year (laughs) like like who's gonna plan people are planning especially these gravel races like you gotta sign up for the thing right in like October. You guys think that you guys think that gravel will become like a highly respected discipline, like world cup mountain bike racing or, or world tour road racing, like legitimate world tour caliber pros are going to be chasing a UCI gravel calendar, like five years in the future or 10 years in the future. No, no, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Even like if you look at the amount of money spent in the world tour, it's not even comparable to any other discipline, right? Right. And you know, mountain biking's been around a while. 
Mm-hmm. So, no, not not. I don't think there's a chance. Do you th- do you think that the hype? So there's obviously a lot of hype around gravel right now. Do you think it's it's going to reach a peak and then die down, or do you think it'll continue to grow? I hope it's already peaked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I've talked to people about the mountain bike boom in um, uh, that happened in the 90s, and they said that the gravel, you know, the gravel boom that's happening right now is real similar. I, I don't know. I wasn't old enough to know what was going on in the 90s. I was like, you know, one years old to five years old. Um, but apparently mountain bike popularity peaked in the 90s, and it's never been as popular since at least in the U S from what I've heard. All right, I, I looked up the gravel race. Andrew Evans won it. I apologize to Andrew Evans, but I don't know who that is. Guess what his average speed was. Hopefully 22. <laughs> I don't know what 19 16 miles an hour. Wow. It's pretty what? slow, right? Either that course is really, really no, gnarly. Dude, you're not looking at the overall. Then what am I looking at? Cycling news. What, uh, dude, 16, that's like, that's like mountain bike race speed. I mean, unless I'm looking at something that's wrong. Yeah. I, I just did the loots. I just did the loots in 99 or last week and averaged faster than that. I don't know. I guess the point that I'm getting here to here is that, um, you, U S gravel racers, U S pro gravel racers don't really seem to care about UCI gravel racing. Um, and that's probably for a multitude of reasons, but Dude, I'm pretty sure this is the overall Andrew Evans. Okay. Four. It was only four hours long too. Mm. Like that's basically like a road rate. Like mm. how yeah, many so miles was it? I, I think the uh, fact that no one knows about it yet and that it's not a really big deal just generally is part of why none of the U S pro like gravel pros are, are going there. Um, or care about it. Cause if you think about it five years ago, no one cared about the mid South. Like, I mean, it was, it was a, you know, mm-hmm. somewhat, you know, big gravel race, but they, you know, it wasn't attracting a lot of the top guys, but then in the last That's five true. years, well, it's like everyone shows know. up yeah. to the mid South. Um, you know, so I feel like maybe UCI gravel will turn into that. I was surprised that Trek is a sponsor. Like that's a, you know, it's a huge undertaking for them to take on like the title sponsorship. Um, I can't imagine that the UCI just gave it to them. You know, it probably cost a pretty good penny. So I don't know. Trek thinks there's something there. Maybe they've got a new bike that they're trying to release next year or something, but um, who knows? Maybe, maybe five years from now, the UCI gravel calendar will be the, the main calendar that people build their season around but i i don't think so it doesn't seem like they have the right people involved yeah uh, other than john meehan with uh with jingle cross he's like the only experienced race director it seems like who's coming in and trying to help with this mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i don't know i mean literally every bike company has a has a gravel bike up their sleeve right now that they're they're trying to get out so i'm sure trek does have one but um yeah, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what what direction all of this heads. Um, I heard some people say that the you know the whole UCI gravel calendar is kind of like the UCI Grand Fondo calendar, where 
you know, I don't know, some big names might show up, but it's, it's kind of more of a race for the masses. Um, which I guess is how, how, you know, uh, gravel started and how a lot of people, you know, want to see gravel continue to be for the masses, not really a pro event. Um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people were pissed that world tour pros even signed up for unbound for whatever reason. Um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting. I hate that. We're always talking about gravel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. How about you bring up something else? What's happening in road? Um, I mean, the Tour de France is happening. That's true. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's segue to the Tour de France because. Like all right, so. In the world. Yeah, let, well, that's a good segue, Scott. You know, it's just it's just too much. All right, so so I want to preface this. People who know me know that I'm a a marginal gains guy. And, uh, and I have said who cares what it looks like as long as it's fast. That is something that I've said now. Okay. With that preface out of the way, these helmets that the specialized was giving their riders for the TT are absolutely atrocious. They're so bad. Like, even some of the wild helmets from the the nineties or the early two thousands or something that you look back and you're like, Oh God, like they are not as bad as these. And, and you know what made it worse is that for some reasons, like um, they're wearing like a sock around their face. And I did read that that's supposed to improve airflow over the face. So I've got, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I have very mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, I'm like, dude, I'm the guy who's not supposed to care about what something looks like as long as it's faster. But then I, I feel myself, you know, taking the the Drew Dillman stance where I'm like, that's just that that's too far. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that if they're gonna if they're gonna have a sock a sock length rule they should probably have some rule about this face sock thing that's going on with the, the, uh, arrow helmets that specialized has. Yeah. Speaking of the sock length during that time trial, they were talking about when Lampert won. Mm-hmm. I, all the commentators were talking about his socks and they're like all worried that he's going to get a penalty for his socks or his overshoes, I guess, but same thing. They were pretty they, long. They were pretty high. But, so he's, <laughs> he's obviously on quick step, Sponsored by Specialized, he was he was like the only dude wearing the old model Specialized helmet, and then he wins the time trial. I mean, could like could there be any worse marketing for Specialized than having the ugliest helmet at the time trial, and then the only dude that you sponsor not wearing the helmet wins the time trial? Yeah, I wonder why he wasn't wearing it. It could have been like... I don't know. I mean, either they tested it on him and it wasn't faster on on his body shape for whatever reason, or he was just like, screw that. That looks that looks terrible. Or honestly, like they could have had 
seven helmets. Yeah. But like, totally but you would you would think that they would give him one of them because he's a good time trialist. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it doesn't fit his head or something. Also, it seemed like was Ineos riding like they also had a massive helmet. Yeah, they just had a larger version of the helmet that they already use. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird that like all this I mean, I guess you save your 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 like best Maybe they all thought that they're like, oh, we got these helmets and then nobody else is going to have these massive helmets. And then <laughs> they all show up at the same time with the massive helmets. Yeah, I don't know. There were so many memes going around about, um, <laughs> you know, that movie Spaceballs where the. Yeah, it's a great you know, movie. It's, it's making fun of of Star Wars and the dude who's like supposed to be Darth Vader is he's like really he's like a really small dude and he's got a really massive helmet. <laughs> Phenomenal <laughs> film. Great film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah i don't know i uh, like i said i got mixed feelings about these helmets um i i feel like i need to see the wind tunnel data now to see how much faster the and i i want to see how much faster this face sock thing is yeah and the sock thing looks hot too yeah it wasn't a it was raining it was, it was raining so it's yeah. probably but not like, the worst but do you only wear it in a rainy time trial? Like, what does that happen? Like, every couple of years, maybe? Is it yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, when I first when I first saw it, I thought that they were wearing it as, like, a buff because it was so cold or something. Yeah, no, that's not what it was for. It was apparently to uh, smooth over the... smooth the air going around their face. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, um, I feel like I've seen a specialized wind tunnel video where they tested facial hair versus no facial hair. And it was, there was no difference between having facial hair and not having facial hair. Then again, maybe, maybe if you have enough facial hair, it acts as a, a wind sock over your chin. Dude. I also, I think, um, there's a guy named Alex who used to work at the hub. And I think I saw him at the Tour de dude, France. And dude, so is that him? Yeah. So Alex, I mean, I know Alex. He works for Specialized now, and he, you know, not to like put you know shout out Alex on this podcast, but he he works for Specialized. <laughs> well, this is kind of like the opposite of a shout out because we're totally dissing their helmets, and he works for Specialized Helmet Department. So I don't. Alex, I don't know if you had a part in these. I'm sure you did because you're in Specialized. He was on the TV. Yeah, man. So talking about the helmet, <laughs> dude. I I should I should hit up Alex and see what the data is on these helmets. I mean, they couldn't look worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, that's like the cool thing to do now is to like look obnoxious, <laughs> right? Is that cool? What yeah. else is what else is looking obnoxious? Like Oakley's glasses or something? Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Can you even <laughs> buy a pair of cycling glasses that don't take up half your face now? That is, yeah, that's very aero true. bars on gravel bikes. Yeah, that looks obnoxious. Yeah, it's yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and the thing about this is right. So I'm. I think a lot of people think that this helmet, myself included, looks awful now. But give it like a year, and and you know some t- some some time trial wins will be had on this helmet, and then everybody will be like, oh yeah, you know that's that's a cool looking helmet. 
It's just like the glasses, to be honest with you. Like those, uh, those Oakley, uh, the ones that have like the nose piece. What is that? The Kato? You know, the, the one ones that like straight glass across. Yeah. It face? like goes over yeah. your nose. I thought those were absolutely horrendous when I first saw them. And then, you know, Vanderpool won a couple races with them. And I'm like, ah, they're not, they're nah, not so bad. They're still pretty bad. <laughs> not that I, I'm the least person who would give a fuck about any of this, but. <laughs> <sighs> right but that, the helmet seems like a bitch to like like what if you have to get on a plane with that thing the amount of room it's going to take up in your bag i mean i feel like i feel bag. like that's any time trial helmet right time trial helmets take up a lot of room right yeah but that's it's got to be double double <laughs> the volume right <laughs> yeah it's very counterintuitive because uh you know usually you're trying to reduce your frontal area to become more aerodynamic. But I, I guess that what they're saying is that your helmet taking up more area is, is um, the air is, it, you know, it's kind of going around your shoulders more efficiently. Um, I'm, I'm not an aerodynamic expert, uh, which is why when I've done videos on aerodynamics, I have an actual expert on to talk about it. Not myself. Um, Maybe you could just stick your road helmet inside of that helmet <laughs> and then put it on the plane. Yeah. Well, our road helmet is going to start to be, start to get really big. Are we going to start to have massive road helmets? I don't know. I, I mean, at a certain point, like, is it even like protecting your head anymore? Well, you would think that the larger the helmet, the more protective padding you have. Am I wrong here? Am I mean, I thinking- yeah, but like, you hit the wrong way and your like neck's going to snap or something. <laughs> right. Because there's like a foot of, of padding yeah, a helmet around you. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the point of a helmet is to be safe. I think we're getting away from this. It's true. How, how arrow do you think a bald head is versus an arrow helmet? Just to, like, obviously if you've got like a bunch of scraggly hair, I'm sure that's the worst thing aerodynamically. But if you just shave your head bald, like how, how fast and went with no helmet, like Pantani, how fast do you think that is? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that'd be like an unfair advantage though? Because some people have different head shapes that could be more arrow. Yeah. I mean, some people got different body shapes that go up hills faster, you know? Some people are built like a twig. Other people are built like, you know, a hippo or something. I wouldn't want to have to put sunscreen on my head. I'm sure. Yeah. I guess if you're bald, you have to do that with the helmet anyways. But yeah, that would probably, suck. It's probably some gnarly tan tan lines going if you forget to do that. Yeah. 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 And then, um, uh, Garrett Thomas, uh, forgot to take off his vest. Or is what is it? Gilet? I didn't even know yeah, what a gilet was until they started talking that's what about. What they it. call it? I guess over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious because you know, uh, I think it's a hard G, like gillet. Gillet. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, somebody can I'm somebody can correct no us. I, I think it's a gilet. <laughs> But, but let's just call it a gillet just for, just for the hell of it. Yeah, so Garrett Thomas had had a gillet on. Um, 
And, you know, if there's any team that's spending an extraordinary amount of money trying to trying to research what the most aerodynamic skin suit is and, and get their riders as aerodynamic as possible, it's probably Ineos. So, I don't know. He said people were wondering if it's some it was some sort of aerodynamic advantage, but apparently he just literally forgot to take it off before the start, which is hilarious. He still didn't even do that bad in the time trial, so... Do you think it was even like keeping him warm either? Like he was soaking wet, right? Like yeah, you're either I mean, wet from the rain or you're wet from riding the trainer and you're soaking wet and then you put a, a vest on. Like what's that going to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. But yeah, um, screwed up there. Yeah, kind of crazy. I mean, he probably would have been a, a couple seconds faster had he not done that. Um I, I saw someone say he would have been 40 seconds faster. 40. Well, that sounds like a lot. If you look at this gillet that he had, it looked like a skin tight gillet. Yeah, it was a small one. Like it was not a flappy gillet. I could see how a flappy gillet would be 40 seconds. It's also not a long TT. It's a really short TT. I mean, maybe over 40 K. Right. But what what was yeah. this like? It was, it was like a like 15 for, minute TT. I don't know how many yeah. kilometers that is, but yeah, yeah, it couldn't have been 40 seconds. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, I could definitely see 40 seconds over 40 K. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It was also, it looked skin tight to me. Um, I mean, not, not uh, obviously not as optimal as just the skin suit that he had on underneath it, but it wasn't like some flappy vest. Like you see Carson, <laughs> Carson's our buddy who lives here. He just where like I've never ridden with Carson in the it when it's kind of like moderate temperature where he doesn't just have his like vest like full Superman flapping in the wind, like probably costing him you know forty watts and like three inches of stack on his bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carson's like a straight up mountain biker. He doesn't think about aerodynamics at all. Yeah, but it looks super um, pro that way. So shout out to Carson as well on this podcast. I feel like our shout outs are like not really shout outs. We're kind of talking trash about the people that we shout out. Hey, shout out to shout out. <laughs> Bad publicity is still publicity. Go right? follow Carson Beckett on Instagram and DM him and say that we gave him a shout out. All right. What else do we have to talk about? So speaking of shout outs, we, we put a shout out last week to, uh, to try and get some listener questions. Yeah. Let's get to these listener questions. And, uh, by the way, if you want to submit your own listener questions, just DM Scott McGill jr. On Instagram. <laughs> we'll, we'll eventually get a bonk bros email going and you can email us as well but for now that's uh that's how you get listener questions and if you is don't there, have in- is there a bonk bros uh instagram account yet there's not but we should also make one of those yeah i, I feel like i think you should just convert your instagram account to the bonk bros instagram account uh no <laughs> <laughs> well actually the first question is about instagram um okay kenny grover Asked. He sent like 10 questions and so also only like two people ask questions, but he's got got to start somewhere. Yeah, he's got 10 for us. Um, All right. He said, oh, wait, no, maybe that was somebody else. 
It, it's uh, do, do you you run the backwards hat Instagram account, and and then <laughs> also, um, do you live with Nina? Whoa, these are like <laughs> these are like personal questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first question we received. <laughs> All right, so yes, I do run the backwards hat Instagram account, and uh, I haven't posted on it in quite a while. And if anybody's want, so basically, if you don't know the backwards hat Dylan Instagram account is basically a meme account. Um, doesn't even necessarily have to do with me or my channel. It's just kind of cycling related memes. And I was having fun doing it, but I'm going to be honest, coming up with memes takes a lot more time and effort than people realize. And the only thing that I was getting out of posting these memes was, you know, getting some people to chuckle on the internet. Like I feel like it wasn't furthering my, my coaching business or it wasn't furthering my professional cycling career. And I was spending too much time trying to come up with these memes. So I'm not saying that I'm not going to post on that ever again, but the reason why I haven't posted on it in quite a while is because it was just taking up a lot of my time and I wasn't getting a lot of return on that time investment. Isn't your YouTube channel to get people to chuckle on the internet? I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, all right. So, uh, and then does Nina live with me? Yes, she lives with me. And for those who don't know, Nina is my girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know how, how this guy knows who Nina is, but. <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean nina right, only this is like an, a, a more serious question um why don't pro mountain bikers like race on the road more hmm. like i don't know scott you want i mean you want to tackle this one i mean i guess i think it's just you can't do like everything right wait this is a training question i thought we said no training questions well he didn't say for training i was just like I would assume it's for training. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like when you get to the pro pro level, you, so I know, I know that there are top level pros mixing it up in all these dis- disciplines, obviously wow. Fan art, Matthew Vanderpool, Tom Pitcock. Um, like, you know, they're doing, they're doing cross, they're doing road, they're doing mountain bike. I know that those riders exist, but they are definitely the outliers. Um, and I think that there comes a point in a lot of cyclist career where they realize that if they want to get really good at one form of cycling, they need to focus all their energy on it. And it like, for example, it may be within a discipline. Like, uh, you may have, for example, a time trialist realizing that their best chance of winning a pro road race is in a time trial. So they're going to focus all their energy on time trialing, you know, they're not going to work on their sprint because that's already, you know, the best they're going to do in a sprint is get 15th. Um, or, or the opposite. You have a sprinter that's like, I'm going to focus on my sprint because best I'm going to do in a, in a mountain climb is maybe top 20. Um, but I could potentially win a sprint. I think the same thing applies to when you get into these disciplines like mountain biking, road, cyclocross, um, I don't know, maybe gravel at some point, but I think people just, 
and, and it's not even just from a training perspective. I think it's from like a resource perspective and kind of what your sponsors expect of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're racing on the road, like say you're a world cup mountain biker, right? Mm-hmm. You rate, you do the whole world cup scene. You're not just going to like, I guess you could rack up and do like a local road race, but to do these road races, the high level road races, you need to be part of a team, right? Like a yeah. big team. So, sure. And all, a lot of these road teams don't want to have a mountain biker on the roster who's not going to, you're not going to be able to race him as much, right? So it's right. kind of like, I would say more of like a logistical issue than like sure. anything else. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and I, I mean, to be honest, the physiological like demands of these disciplines are slightly different, right? I just as an example, so the Lifetime Grand Prix series obviously has it has gravel focused people, it has mountain bike focused people, it has people that are literally have been road focused for their entire career and now they're stepping into gravel and mountain biking. And here's an here's an interesting fact for you. In the men's race at the Sea Otter Classic, the top five from the previous year's unbound two hundred didn't make it into the top 20 at the Sea Otter Classic mountain bike race. Um, so like none of the top five that were from, from the previous years unbound were in the, were in the top 20 at Sea Otter. So, you know, I mean, that's obviously just like one anecdote, but, uh, I don't know. There, there are slight differences in, in the demands of these disciplines. You got anything to add, Adam? I, I missed the question. So no, <laughs> oh <laughs> well this is starting to sound like a coaching matchbox podcast but <laughs> Wait, i'm just asking the question you're the one talking about like training and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> right all right let's go to the next question um do you think pro riders have an obligation to help build their local scenes um i mean Probably whether or not they have an obligation or not, they end up doing it just because riders in that scene look up to them and it's kind of like having a role model. Now, I mean, they could be more involved or less involved, but I don't I don't think they're obligated to be involved. And I think just them making it to a high level. um, They can be as involved as they want to be. They don't need, you know. Yeah, but like even showing up to a local race is helping to build it, right? Yeah, sure. If you're a, if you're a national level rider, so is this is this, is this person? I, I don't know what this person is saying, but are you are you saying that that like a pro should show up to a local race just to? That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's helping to build your scene. Do you show the level of your local scene, right? Do you show up to a local race? If there is one, yeah. I do. I do the uh, <laughs> the mass mountain bike races. Mm. Still, sometimes. True. I'll do like a local road race every once in a while. If it you sign a lot of autographs at those. No. <laughs> 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 All right. No. Cool. Um, let's see here. I know the answer to this one. Who's the weirdest person in the lifetime Grand Prix? The weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> gotta uh, be you right i don't know man i don't 
I like, I guess, but you just know me well. well. You don't know the other writers <laughs> that probably, well. If you probably get to know like every person, they're all like everybody's, you know, well, it's a, it's like, how do you define everybody. weird? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah, know. We, I don't think we have to answer that one. I don't know the other writers in the Lifetime Grand Prix series that well. I mean, I know, I know, like, here's how I know them. Like, we see each other at races and we say hi and we catch up on how we've been doing. But I, it's not like I, you know, Scott and I went to college together. So we've <laughs> seen things that we can't unsee, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have to answer that one with like a person. Like, <laughs> sure. No. Um, that's like pretty much all the good ones. This guy said, how does everyone take their coffee? How does everyone take their coffee? You don't drink coffee. Yeah. When I, when I first started working at CTS, they, they thought that I was like, uh, when I said that I don't drink coffee, I mean, they didn't understand. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. I just don't drink coffee. And they're like, like they thought that I said that I like, I, I don't know, like kill squirrels for fun or something. <laughs> I, it was, it was weird, man. Like I know that, I know that coffee and cycling are, are, you know, cyclists yeah, love their coffee, but to begin with, right? Well, you love coffee, right? I know, but I like coffee. Like I don't give a fuck what kind of coffee it is. Yeah, as long as I have a lot of it, and it's like a whole like black. That's it. Maxwell House, right? Yeah, Maxwell House Folgers. Great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, value, dude. There are definitely some <laughs> coffee snobs just cringing right now. Whatever it is, and a whole pot. Do, do you French press your Folgers? Yeah, if I have to. <laughs> but I prefer to drink out of a pot, dude. <laughs> Carrie Warner. We went. We were all the way in California, so like we had to fly for this race, and we were staying with Carrie Warner. Carrie Warner busts out a scale to weigh his beans to make his coffee, <laughs> and I was, yeah, I don't know. That's some people, if he was in the Lifetime Grand Prix, he would have won the weirdest award then. Yeah, Carrie's pretty weird. Carrie's just for weird. that. You know, I'm racing Carrie this weekend at the uh, mountain bike race. The, yeah. The UCI mountain bike race in yeah, what is it? Lee's McRae. Dude, did you see my Instagram story yesterday? I don't really look at Instagram stories to be honest. So oh no, my God. Well, you gotta look <laughs> at mine. I couldn't get this. I'm trying to. I'm gonna sleep in my van, and I couldn't get. Oh the seat yeah, out. you sent me a Snapchat. Yeah, you're. Oh yeah, you're like, yeah. I sent you a Snapchat. Yeah, what were you doing? We had to cut the like you know how when you take the seats out they hook into those little loops on the floor yeah well i couldn't get the seat out so i had to cut it out with an angle grinder hmm. well that definitely killed the resale value of your car yeah well, i'm not nobody nobody's gonna buy that thing so yeah dude <laughs> scott's car i mean <laughs> he dude it smells <laughs> like dead animals it doesn't smell as bad anymore <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while since I've been in it, but it's it's awful. It did smell horrible for a while. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like I can sleep in there now. It's not bad. Mm. Now there's no seat. Is that where you're yeah, sleeping? The, the, the That's where you're broke. sleeping. Well, I don't know. We might get an Airbnb, but we'll sleep in there, like on the drive down there. Mm. All right. 
stop the Viper of Art or no? No, it's the opposite direction. Okay. And I gotta get I gotta get home afterwards. For what? Um, house sitting for somebody. Okay. Well, this is. And then really... I'm going. And then I'm going to another mountain bike race in Canada, UCI mountain bike race. So why are you taking this detour from road racing in the middle of the season to do all these mountain bike races? Because there's nothing on our calendar that we're doing this month. Yeah. So why don't you just take like a little breather? I did. Okay. I took a week off after nationals. Mm-hmm. So this race might not go so well, but whatever. <laughs> right. I can't like not race for two months. There's no races for two months for you guys. Not, not that I know of at the moment. Okay. We might be right. Dude, I bet you could find a gravel race somewhere. Come on. I don't have a gravel bike. Did you sell the, (laughs) whatever you had? Yeah, I sold my gravel bike. So Hmm. I got to get another one. Some would argue that any bike can be a gravel bike. If you ride it on gravel, you could say that about anything. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Any bike could be a road bike if you ride on the road. Sure. No, but I've heard I've heard people make that argument. I don't think you could say that about about a mountain bike yeah. though. Ride your TT bike on a on a mountain bike trail. Do you even have a TT bike? Me? Yeah. Yeah, it's cracked though. Oh. If anybody wants to buy a, uh, dude, just sell just sell that and get a, get a cross bike. I will. I've got to sell it, but it's broken. Mm. Well, it's like not broken. Like I was riding it cracked. Stop telling people that. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to sell a broken bike. It's it's safe. <laughs> I think. <laughs> safe. I think. <laughs> It'll be cheap if anybody wants to buy it. Uh, Scott McGill certified safe. Yeah, I think. contact me. Yeah. I'll I'll send you pictures of it. It's it's fun. You should sell used cars, man. It's safe, I think. I think I'm too honest for that. Too honest? I am honest. Yeah. Really honest. True. Yeah. yeah. No, you're <laughs> yeah, you're too honest. Yeah. <laughs> I say whatever I'm thinking all the time. So <laughs> sure. All, all right. right. Is there anything else to talk about? No, I think that's about it. And we're almost at an hour here, so that's about perfect. But uh if you got more questions, send them in. Scott McGill Jr. on Instagram. Yeah. And be sure to follow him while you're at it. Yeah, genuine genuine content. <laughs> All right. He'll tell you exactly as it is. <laughs> or I just no won't fluff. say anything. Just share photos, which is what Instagram's for. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You'll know exactly what place Scott got in the race and nothing else. All right, guys. Let's wrap it up. We'll see you soon. All right. See you guys. See you.